This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680-CJOB. everybody hello listeners cam poitras jim toth jim how are you i'm how well you? How, how are, are you? you how are you jim how are you i'm all right good am i it's good thursday happens how, to be how are you doing really though uh my heart of hearts if i really bear down and just really take an in-depth look at myself my emotions i'm doing pretty good that's what I like to hear. Yeah. You seem like you're doing well. How are you? I know you're struggling with uh, one of your extremities. Oh, yes, I am. My toe, yeah. It's a problem. <laughs> it's an issue. It is. I'm not. Years you know, have gone by, and I finally got it. I'll talk about that later if you want. We don't have, but no, I'm well. I, I feel yeah. good. Um, a lot of people wondering about, like, what we talked about yesterday with the Jets and with everybody in the National Hockey League and and where this business could or could not be done. Mm-hmm. I, I think what we have not discussed, and we'll do what the show is planned to, though, is it's a changing of times. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember a time where a lack of cap uh, room has caused this much business not to be done. It's somebody it, reached out to me and said like, well, Wheeler couldn't get traded because of his 8 million. And I'm like, no, Wheeler couldn't get traded because there's no cap room anywhere. Yeah. That's the issue. Um, and, and people go, well, no, it's because it's Wheeler. I'm like, well, take Wheeler's name out of it. Where's Patrick Kane going? Where's William Nylander going? What's going on in Calgary? What's going on? Why haven't Connor Hellebach, the, Shifley, uh, the, the top three goaltender in the league over why, the last five years, why could he not be moved? Why are the top free agents signing one-year deals for mm. less than what they made the previous year? Yeah. in their in their, Before their th- year 30. They're yeah. not too old. Mm-hmm. Why are they only signing one-year deals for $5 million? The, the current cap situation, I... I I guess and I remember somebody texted the show 204-780-6868 when he made this point earlier. Was the flat cap is 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 hurting the league in a lot of yes. respects. It is. And 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 the, the texture made a point says, well, well, higher salary caps means more ticket prices and more for hot dogs, so screw it. That was kind of the anticipation. I said, fair, okay, that's that's your opinion. Um but it, it, it kind of kills this whole conversation. And we talk about what needs to change in the National Hockey League, how it can sort of adapt some of the ideas, not all of them, but some from other major leagues here in, in North America and perhaps uh, around the world. Um, it, it's, it sort of has killed this, the, the excitement around some of the movement of, of free agents. People are standing pat. They're signing one-year deals. Um, you know, players can't be moved. You know, a guy like Hellebuck coming out and saying like, and, you know, the, the reports were saying that, you know, it's, you know, that the ship is sailed of signing in Winnipeg in that should be a huge, huge conversation over the entire course of the summer. But things really, really died down and the conversation and didn't really, really heat up really at any point, except for some rumors around New Jersey, Jim, was was because of the cap and the fact that no team could fit a top three goaltender in the National Hockey League. It, well, it, it couldn't. It couldn't be done, especially with contenders and teams that are 
that are really looking to make, you know, still challenge them, challenge for a cup. And so we're going to do this again at 1230 for the article from the athletic about um, yeah. uh, things the NHL could learn from. But I, I don't mind that idea of like one of our texters yesterday, and I, I apologize, I didn't write your name down, but g- made a great point of like you were talking about one player in every team that didn't count against the cap. Yeah. And I'm like, well, then people would just pay Connor McDavid 40 million. And the texter suggested, what about a 10 million limit? Yeah. So you can protect one player making 10 million or less that wouldn't go against the cap. I would, I, I like that idea, but not at 10 million. I would yeah. do six or seven and a half, seven million. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you could literally not have Nick Ehlers count against the cap. Mm-hmm. It, like every year you designated it. Like the NFL designates a player they don't have to have under, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I think it would be great. The elite players would still get their money, but the money wouldn't be crazy and out of reach. It'd just be an added thing that every year you could pick somebody making $7 million or less to not count against your cap. And then... A B or a B plus player, not the not the top echelon, the and then elites. The, yeah, the, the yeah. New Jersey Devils who would like to make a trade for Connor Hellebuck and pay him nine could say, Well, we have to ship this player there and designate this guy at six million mm. and then we can afford and then more deals would be being made. Now, some people will sit here and listen to this and argue and to the great point of um, well, four years from now the cap could go up five, six million dollars and this would all be alleviated. Fair enough. That's yeah. a good point. Like the pandemic caused this. Yes. I get that. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't mind that idea of of a designating a player. So we'll get into that at the bottom of the hour with the the more ideas. But it is a it is a rare, in my experience, time in the National Hockey League where it's not about what the player's making and and the want for certain players and the movement that could happen. It's the cap. There is no money. Yeah, that's the situation. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. I, I, it's just the, the situation around the cap. I, I think there needs to be a conversation on how it can be done. I don't want to be moving into an NBA uh, model where it's so convoluted and confusing and doesn't make any sense uh, and it's so soft. I, I don't want to enter that sort of realm. I, I don't think that that's good for sort of the small market teams, cough, cough, Winnipeg, um, in situations like that. But I, I think there can be conversations and there can be things to look at to maybe uh, Im- improve this sort of log jam that has really held things back. And, you know, one-year deals and all this other thing. But we'll get into that more uh, after 12.30. And if you missed that conversation, which we're continuing on from yesterday, we'll go and check out the Jets at Noon podcast. Jets at, at like you're sending an email. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you find uh, your podcast. Really appreciate all the listeners and everybody who downloads uh, that. Okay, time for a little uh, bit of... Well, let me just see. Let me just make sure my computer... Okay, we're going to do this. Make sure my computer's on. Jim, we're going to do this again. We're going to go up... And we're going to go down once yes, again. Just leave it there. That's okay. all the sounds we need. Awesome. Yeah, perfect. So uh, what we're doing here, of course, we we go up and down. Our, we we mentioned a, a player for the Winnipeg Jets this upcoming season. Are they going to go up in terms of points or are they going to go down in terms of points? Uh, first guy I have on the list here, Vladislav Nemesnikov. Jim, is he going to be going up or is he going to be going down? Ooh, well, do we count as Tampa Bay points last year? Which we do. was 15. We certainly do. He had 10 with the Jets, which was 25. Mm-hmm. He's going to be in the top six. I think he's going to go up. I think he's going up too. I think he's definitely going up. He'll score more than 25 points. I I, th- I think you I think I would I would bet 
maybe even some big money, Jim, that it's going to be between 30 to 35. I think that that's where he's going to hit. Like um, big money or like our big money? Like, like 20 bucks? Like $25. Yeah. Oh, that, that is big, big, big money. That's, that's, that's big over my limit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that's, that's eaten for a, a couple days. Um, uh, let's do it after the show. We find the site and we'll find Nemestikov. See, totals. 20, see what, we, what kind of action 30 to 35 we can get. Points. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I think he's going to find consistency finally. I think him finding a spot where he can sign a two-year deal is so good for him. He's been bouncing around. His defensive stats, Jim, are fantastic. Um, and yes. he's going to be a big part of, of sort of changing that narrative here for the Winnipeg Jets. He's going to move up the line, up and down the line. Is he going to be in the top six for a period of time? Yeah. He's going to find himself on the third line? Yeah. Might he find himself on the fourth line for a bit? Perhaps. We'll wait and see. Um, but do you see him more as a center or as a forward this year? Um, that really depends, Cam, on I think he's if gonna, Mark Shifley's here, if yeah. Cole Perfetti is moving to center, then I see him as a top six winger. Yeah. If he's going to be a center, then I could see him as a second line center for sure. Like I, I think he's going to be on that second line Yeah, and whatever configuration, and it's going to move throughout the season. But this is the thing I've said before in our airwaves on some pre- and post-game shows here on 680 CGB, and I'll say it again. When Nemesikov came here, I said, why has this guy lasted so long? He's a first-round pick, 27th overall, and he's never, like, he's had 31 points, 35, 24, 34. Like, why is this guy still, after all these years, still in the league? And then I saw him play the first two games for the Jets, and he is so smart. Yeah. He's so good defensively, and when he has the puck, he rarely turns it over. Even when he's gaining his zone and nothing else is there, he puts it into a place in the ice where they can maintain the zone. He can go for a change. He just has hockey sense. Yeah. He's really smart. And I think in the top six, um, I, I think he is going to score more than 25 points. I don't know if it's 50. I don't know if it's 45. I yeah. don't think it's that high, but I could see him easily going between 30 and 40 points this year. Without a doubt, 100%. Uh, next up, Brendan Dillon. Is Brendan Dillon going to go up or is he going to go down? Well, I was surprised at the 23 points. He had 20 points the previous it a, year. It was career year. He had 22 points in a couple of years, but this is a, yeah. it was a career year. Career for him year. Last he year. had 22 points. 20 points his first year with the Jets, 23 points the next year. Is he going to get more than 23 points? I'd feel better if he had 25 last year. I'd take the under. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, taking I, the, I'm taking the under, too. I'll I take the under. I'm going to say down. Um, it, based on it being a career year, I think, you know, two goals. Maybe he should maybe he's going to get four. This he's got a great year. shot. He really does. Really hard shot. Um, I, I I think Dylan Sandberg this upcoming season is going to sort of change the dynamic on the on the Jets blue line, and I think that there's going to the Nate Schmitz and and the Brandon Dillons are going to see some minutes getting cut. Um, I don't I don't think Neil Pionker, based on how much he was used last year as well as Josh Morrissey, I don't think their minutes are really going to take a big hit. Maybe Neil Pionker. Uh, hold back a little bit. That probably will be good for him. Sometimes. You know, minutes don't equate into into more points and better yeah. play. I mean, you know how it is. Um, but I, I think it's. I think he's going to go down. Do I think he's going to get ten points? No. Do I think he's going to get somewhere around fifteen, sixteen? Yeah, I, I think probably yeah, somewhere. Around I think there. fifteen to twenty points. So I'll take the under at twenty three. Like I said, I'd love it if it was twenty five. Yeah. But um, he could get twenty two, twenty points. But I'll take the under. Yeah, he's he's going to constantly get defensive zone starts. Got a lot of those last year. That's going to continue on as well. Uh, finally, uh, Laurent Brassois is he going to go up or is he going to go down? And of course, we can't just look at um, points for a for a goaltender uh, now. 
because of course we'll look at the other stats, a save percentage. And he only played 11 games last year. He played in the A for a bit with the uh, Henderson Silver Knights. Um, but when he did play for the Golden Knights, he had a 927 save percentage, pretty dang good. And a goals against average of 2.17. Um, and then of course he wasn't, he, he had sub 900 in the playoffs. Yeah. His goals against average was, was over three. He was shaky in the playoffs. He was not great. No, he wasn't. Um, but it just kind of went to show how the Winnipeg Jets played, particularly in some of those games. Um, the, the Jets were, anyways, we've, we've gone over that. I think he times. goes down. I, and yeah. I, but I do think he goes down cause he's going to play a heck of a lot more than 11 games. Yeah. Um, I, and it's weird because, like, I think the team is going to give up a lot less goals, or at least that's the plan this year to be more mm-hmm. defensively and even out the lineup. But nine twenty seven and two seventeen is going to be tough to to compare to, especially if he gets twenty to twenty five games. And I'll say this, Cam, mm-hmm. I don't know if he plays backup. I don't know if Connor Hellbuck's going to be here. I don't know if he's going to be here all year. And if he's not, I think Laurent Brassois is the number one guy and plays instead of 11 games. There's a chance I think Laurent Brassois, if Hellebuck's Dell, could play 50 games this year. It's definitely possible. So I think those numbers are going to go down. They might not be terrible. If yeah. he's around a 920 and around a 250, 280 goals against, I'm, I think that's still a really good year for him. But I think the 927 and 217 is going to go down a bit. I think nothing against him. It was only 11 games, but a lot of it had to do with the the team in front of him. Yeah. And, and he played well in the regular season when he got the chance. Let's take a break. I mean, if he maintains those, he's in, he's in up there in like top yeah. five Vesna voting. Honestly, if he keeps those numbers, 204-780-6868, which I don't see, I think he's going to go uh, down. Let's take a break. Let's come back. Let's continue, continue this conversation. Got some great text messages from you guys. We'll get to those as well to kick things off when we get, come back after 1230. We'll talk to your sports minute. We'll take a look at that. And then, hey, someone else is starting for the Bombers, and his name is not Zach Caleros. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Welcome back. Drew Brown is going to be starting. Zach Caleros uh, on the depth chart, but uh, third string this upcoming game. Um can we expect another 307-yard, four-touchdown performance from Brown again tomorrow, Jim? Uh, I just, I, I, For me, find a way to gut out a win. That would be impressive enough, no matter how it comes together. That's how I'm looking at it. I think he can, to be honest with you. Yeah. I was very surprised as I talked last week about the fact that I thought he would have to manage the game and, and everything, but I, I think he can. I, I am interested by this start, though, Cam, because yeah. you sort of did what you did against Edmonton. Edmonton's Edmonton. Yeah. They have game film on you now and and how sort of like when you get your start like this, it's kind of like do you overthink it? Do you try to do yeah. too much or do you just play your game? I'm interested to see how he plays, but I think he's I think he's legit. I think he can do this. 100%, yeah, and it's uh, – Looking beyond Calgary's three and six start to the year, they're a really, really well coached team, and I believe that to my core. Let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. What can the NHL learn? How can they change? We'll be right back. Jets at noon on six eighty CJOB. Well, thank you very much, Skyler Peters, Pistol Hollywood, whatever. Hollywood, how are you today? The list grows. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing all right, boys. Do you play yeah. fantasy sports, Cam? Absolutely not. I don't have time during my day oh, to do busy, that. Oh, busy, busy, man. Too busy. Hey. Yeah, I, I, you I got just, time for Dungeons & Dragons, but you don't have time for fantasy sports. I don't play Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, Skyler and I just killed an hour of work time talking about fantasy sports. Yeah, and sports. I had to sit there and listen to all this <laughs> stuff I don't care about all the time. I was happy Jeff Braun was uh, recording the latest episode of The Couch Potatoes. <laughs> 
He's uh, he's my superior in I the was, newsroom. And, I, was uh, Sam, ha- I was happy Heather was working from home reporter today. Sam, he's in on it too. Yeah. I'm just thinking, you guys sound like a bunch of geeks. I think it's a it's a new job description requirement in all the chorus um, <laughs> a- adverts we put yeah, out yeah, if, yeah. We, I, if we need I, to hire. I, I have shameful hobbies that I will not repeat on air, so you guys have fun. That's um, all I will say. And my boss is working from home today, so nobody walked down the hall and said, "Is your show booked?" <laughs> but thankfully, Skyler, before I approach you, it was booked. So uh, just got this text message. This texture says, "Hey guys, nineteen oh captain retiring." Uh, of course, uh, speaking about Jonathan Taves, no, no, not retor- retiring. Just taking the social media to thank uh, Blackhawks fans in the city of Chicago. Of course, we knew he wasn't going to be going back to the Blackhawks. Uh, Skyler, what would you like to say? Nothing. No, I was just putting my. Like, oh, you're hand putting up, your hand saluting up. him. Oh, in, this, yeah, yeah. in the salute. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Okay. But the torch has been passed. That's it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. You so know? no. I, he's I not wish they got like a year together, Bedard and Taves. That would have been just kind of cool for sentimental sake. Yeah. And, and you probably learn a thing or two. I'm sure. But yeah. Yeah. yeah just so. Anyways, thanks a lot, Skyler. Thanks, boys. All thanks, right. Skyler. Take care. Two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Getting a lot of chatter on the uh, cap uh, and discussions surrounding the cap. Yeah, how it can change. Uh, we'll get all all roll through these, Jim, and sure, you just yeah. interrupt me if you want to say something because I want to get all these guys' text I messages enough. on. I'm not, so I, just <laughs> no, no, no. I just did it now. Just, I don't care. I don't care. Alex says the cap. Uh, text the show two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Alex says the cap won't matter. Whatever it is, will always be the ceiling, and good wealthy franchises will always play to the cap. Well, I think what's being suggested, and again, it's just a suggestion. Every team's at the cap. Good wealthy franchises. Uh, who's not at the cap? Chicago's got twelve million dollars. That's a pretty wealthy franchise. Yeah, but that's because they just traded everybody. Yeah, and they had to sign Corey Corey Perry for like eight million dollars or whatever it was. That's just so a they can good get up. signing. They're going to the top. Um, yeah. Anaheim has nineteen million in cap space. Four million dollars it was. Four. Sorry. Yeah. Chicago has twelve. Nashville seven. Projected cap space. Sorry. Okay, so you have by but, f- but you, when you, I, you have when 90 percent of the league is within five million dollars of spending to the 90% cap. Ninety percent of the league, and when I look at Anaheim, who has the most, Trevor Zegras is an RFA. Jamie Drysdale needs a contract. Those two are going to take up a lot of your cap space. Um, so I, I just and then the year after this. Um, Jacob Silverberg's UFA, Adam Henrique's UFA, Max Jones, and Sam Carrick's not going to cost you much. RFA is Brent Lesson. Um, it's just like, remember three years ago, Colorado Avalanche had a ton of cap space. But they got to pay a guy named Nathan McKinnon. They had and have paid Kale McCarr. Like, just because you have cap space for two years doesn't mean you don't New need Jersey it. New Jersey had 90% tons of the of league space. is at the cap ceiling. Yeah. Or yeah. over. There's only right now, and these guys, these are teams that still have to sign RFAs. Uh, Buffalo doesn't, but Detroit does. Um, you know, the, there's only five teams that are uh, over five million dollars. So I would say most teams spend if close to the cap, if not, and then if they're definitely competing down the stretch, um, they they do spend to the cap. Uh, this texture says NHL should have a franchise tag like in the NFL. Well, the suggestion is that you have one guy with perhaps a max $7 million contract that you can then give a designation to, or like a franchise designate, whatever you want to call it. And though that those numbers won't uh, uh, be on the cap. So you can fit other players um, in. And it can't be something egregious like 10 million, but 5 million. Like just think of what would be happening right now around the league. If you could, whatever you're at with the cap, 
pick a player and and maybe your player makes three. Yeah. Maybe he makes four. But if you could go up to five, if teams had a guy that could tap and say, We've we've now we have three million in cap space, but we we now have eight. Yeah. I, I just I find it interesting. I'm not saying I'm sold on it or anything like that. It's just it's an interesting conversation. But it's an interesting conversation about if New Jersey, if Calgary, if Winnipeg, if how does if it, the Leafs see the Leafs are intriguing too because Nylander wants ten reportedly, so five would only give them an extra five. But then you go, would you take seven and a half and we could or eight and we could move this and then tap this guy as a. If it was as opposed it, yeah. to sitting here going, if we fit this in, we got to move for now. The other part of this I don't like because I think if teams put themselves in this corner, they should have to pay for it is the alleviation of being bad cap managers. Yeah, I, I think it's a, an important part of the game. But if it's like six million bucks, you could say, hey, Neil, uh, Nate Schmidt, you know, you're going to be our designated player this year and you're going to slide into the cap. And what is what can the Winnipeg Jets do with an extra six? That's just a conversation. Nathan Penner, Texas Show, 204-780-6868. I'm just tuning in. What's the difference between having a $7 million player outside the cap versus raising the cap by $7 bucks? Well, then there's probably a new floor and a new ceiling. And we all know the Arizonas, I think, are taking on dead money right and left to make the floor. Um, You know what? And what you do is maybe if you activate this clause – as opposed to making it part of the cap, then you, I don't know, lose a draft pick. Or yeah. you, like, there has to be an incentive to manage the cap properly, not mm-hmm. just have an out. Yeah. So I think that if you you did, may, and maybe you could only do it once every two seasons. So if you did it last year, you can't do it this year. You have year. to designate a player for two or three years, and they, they're well, locked that, into but that. You can designate it, you can designate one player for cap relief, $5 million and less, every second season. Yeah. So if you did it last year... And you went to the third round, or you didn't make. You can't do it again this year. You have some cap issues you have to fix in the summer. Well, let's make this more complicated. And then the other side of that is, if the Jets are sitting here right now and go, right now without even worrying about it, we could trade for a five million dollar player and just tap him as the guy this year. But mm-hmm. but after this year, we've got to figure something out. Yeah, uh, this texture says if they designated a player that wouldn't count towards the cap of six to seven million dollars how would that affect say leon dreisaitl because mcdavid would get the edge and wouldn't leon dreisaitl say i'm worth equal money to mcdavid i want out just a thought well i think that situation is going on right now great he's probably the best he's probably the the best deal in the entire league right now everybody's mckinnon's contract now 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 coming into the fold everybody's worried about Connor mcdavid going i want out of here with three years left i think but dreisaitl has two dreisaitl dessert like when we talk nylander or Mm -hmm. whoever if there's a guy that he's like Hellebuck, yeah. if there's a guy that deserves 10 or 11, it's Dreisaitl. Mm-hmm. He gets better in the postseason. Does he get it? No, I mean, he doesn't eight. get it in Edmonton. No, he's getting but eight But does he get it in? And if I'm Dreisaitl and they offer me 11 in Edmonton, I'm getting out because between me and McDavid, that's that's too much cap room for two guys. You can't. I'm going to go to a team that has a chance to win and can give me 10. So I think the days of like, and they hired his agent, Connor McDavid, to be in the front office and all this. Like, I'm not worried about Connor McDavid ever leaving Edmonton. Yeah. He might. I'm not saying he won't. What I think no one's talking about is when, not if, when Dreisaitl leaves. Mm-hmm. 
204-780-6868. Hey, Jim and Cam, this one's from Cody. I'd like to see a system where players that are drafted and developed by a team don't have the full value of their contract count against the cap once they reach UFA age. I've heard this I've heard this before, and it's kind of an interesting idea. And forgive me, Texer, if I'm getting your thought wrong, but I've heard this before where if you draft a player and are re-signing him and you re-sign him to $8 million, because he's your drafted and developed player, he only counts against the cap for $6 million. Mm-hmm. So whatever whatever your drafted player signs for, it's automatically $2 million less because it's it's your player. Yeah. And then it allows you to keep your players too. Because they want to stay. You, yeah. I can pay you. You're worth six. I can pay you eight if you want to stay. And it mm-hmm. only costs counts as six. Yeah. So it works both ways for the player and for the team that drafted you and took a chance on you. That's an interesting, that's a real interesting thought. 204-780-6868. I feel that the solution to the entire cap issue is to base the cap on after tax dollars. Florida teams may have a $70 million cap and the Jets $80 million based on the individual taxes paid. It would equalize the inequalities of the present system. Now, I'm obviously not a tax expert, as you can probably imagine, but I think the situation is a little bit more complicated than that, Jim. You have a better understanding about this So here's this how it thing. works. I've, del- yeah. I've delved into this, and, and I've, I've often said this doesn't matter as much as people think. And it, look, it matters, I think, a little bit. But of, a, of the list of things that I think players sign for, this is fifth or sixth on the list. Hmm. You are taxed on where you play. So if you go to Florida, you're tax-free on 41 games a year. The other 41, you're taxed on where you play. So when you play the Jets in Winnipeg, you're taxed Manitoba Provincial Canadian taxes on that game. You're taxed in Montreal. You're taxed in Minnesota. You're taxed in... so. My argument to this is I don't think players are going to Florida for the tax-free state or Texas or Vegas. I think they're going to those places because it's Florida and Vegas. Yeah. And they have good teams. Now, the be- and the beach and the sun. The flip side of that is Los Angeles doesn't seem to have a problem in signing players. And, and I believe the state tax in California is 16% or 13%. It's, it's perhaps the highest. New York is right up there, too. New York and is right Rangers up there, too. And the Rangers never struggle to get players. So when – Kucherov signs for nine and a half and it's tax free. Look, he's getting a bit of a break. He's getting that nine and a half as opposed to some other places. It might only be seven, but it doesn't work like that. It works on 41 home games a year. You are tax free. The other 41 you're taxed on wherever you're playing. Mm -hmm. Is that a a benefit? For sure it is. But I don't know of a player who's going, I'm going here because it's tax free. I know a lot of players are going, I'm going here because it's the beach. Yeah. And I'm going here because it's Vegas. Yeah. Here's a, here's the last one here. Scott says, uh, disagree with exempt, exempting one player from cap hit. That is essentially raising the cap. Yeah. Well, essentially, it's exactly what it is. Players have a 50% of HR uh, revenue deal, um, uh, hockey-related revenue deal. Owners and players need to learn to live with the financial realities, which is kind of what to your point was having one or two players taking 25% of the cap uh, leads to leaves too little left to build a team. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights proved that with a balanced roster of $5 million contracts, uh, a championship is possible. Maybe top players need to consider the disastrous effects their massive contracts have on the makeup of their team. Well, Scott, People I, I, always forget that Vegas has had to give away the Max Pacioretty's, the Paul Stasny's, the Peyton Krebs for next to nothing because of the way they circumvent the cap. Is it the new way? Maybe. Does it bother me? I've been on the air and said that. I had Kelly McCrimmon on last week to talk about the Stanley Cup championship and stuff, and he was mm-hmm. like, we just sort of approach it as the best players. 
I asked him about the Manitobans on the team. He goes, I don't, we don't look at it that way. We look at what we need, where's a hole, what's going to help us. And we sign and credit to them. They went out and got Petrangelo and all this, but it cost them the Max Pacioretty's. Yeah. I think the difference is, is if, if Winnipeg operated that way, it's Winnipeg, right? So then you get the, hey, I didn't want to be there anyway. And now they're buying me out or shipping me out for nothing and blah, blah, blah. Vegas doesn't have that problem. Vegas has um, a advantage of geography more than anything. You know what is lost in this is we all think Vegas and the Strip and stuff. Vegas is a phenomenal place to live. Yes. Vegas as a city, if you ask anybody who lives there, and I've talked to a couple of people that have nothing to do with sports that live there, say, we never go to the Strip and it's so economically friendly it's I hear beautiful it's, weather. I hear it's such a nice place to raise a family. That's, I heard yes, how wonderful yes. a place it is to and raise a family. Everybody is from somewhere else. Yeah. Everybody who is a resident of Vegas, the people that are born and raised in Vegas are rare. Everybody in Vegas is from somewhere else. So everybody likes everybody. Everybody's like, hey, you're new. We were new once. It's just a big, no, it's just no a great community. No, yeah, yeah. It's just a great community to live in. Yeah. 204-780-6868. Let's continue on this list here. Uh, yesterday, let's take a break. We'll come back. Yesterday we talked, become, uh, uh, what's on this list, of course, is from The Athletic. 10 lessons the NHL could learn from other professional sports leagues to grow the game. Shana Goldman and Saeed Youssef. Yesterday we talked about becoming more player-centric, create the NHL version of NFL Red Zone, stagger the NHL schedule, implement a designated player rule, which you just talked ad nauseum in, and lean in on data and promote it publicly. If you want to hear more of our thoughts on those, do we like them, do we not like them, we'll just have to download the podcast from yesterday. Uh, You can find us on Apple. You can find us on Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts. Just type in Jets at, like you're sending an email, Noon. We'll be right back. We're going to get to five more uh, of these uh, lessons. We'll call them quote unquote lessons. We'll and be right Steve back. is a great question. We'll talk about this. Yeah. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. Well, we can squeeze in this text message from Steve Jim, uh, who texted 204 780 Would you trade Hellebuck for Ryan Nugent Hopkins? So I looked it up. He's got a full no move. He's 30 years old and he just signed that. I think it's six or seven year extension for five point one two five, but yes, I would. In, in to, to, until twenty twenty nine, so the next six years until six. So years, the six next years. six years, you have at least probably for the first four years of this at number two center at five and five point one million dollars, and the the reverse of that is if Connor Hellebuck does not want to resign here, mm-hmm. then you lose him for one year, and I don't think Edmonton can resign him if Connor Hellebuck went there for one year, unless he wants to take seven. It would make Could sense. Connor Hellebuck hurt you in the West going further? Yes, but I don't know if he resigns there because of the cap issues they have with Drysital. Are going to have a Drysital and Connor McDavid, and then you get. To me, this is the kind of deal that's out there. Yeah. Or, sorry, not it's not out there. Nugent Hopkins has a full no move. But if you could get a, a, a likeness a legit, of this, if you yeah. could get a legit second line center for Connor Hellebuck, and based on the fact that if he does not want to resign here, then yes, I would do a trade like that. Let's continue on here. We'll uh, we'll ram through uh, the final uh, five on here. More appointment watching games from the Athletic. Uh, Ten lessons the NHL could learn from other professional sports leagues to grow the game. More appointment watching games. You have Monday night football. You got Sunday night football. You got Thursday night football. Uh, outside of hockey night in Canada on Saturday nights, they really don't have sort of the required sort of primetime game. Um, you see this all the time in the regular season, right? Like Ovechkin and, and Crosby are going to go at it. Mm-hmm. And it's not uh, either in the States or Canada, the national television 
televised yeah. game. And and we're, you know, Jets obviously are the forefront, but um, you should have a game every, and not just the rivalry games like, uh, yeah, no disrespect, NBC used to do where it's Philly and, and Washington or Philly. They, were, and, they, they had the worst rivalries. You it, have was, to, it was actually embarrassing. It's like, did somebody that doesn't even know hockey or hockey fans set up these supposed rivalry nights? It what was, is it was wrong ridiculous. with, here's the schedule, the, the buildings are booked. But if a month from now, Florida's in first place and they're taking on like the NFL Tampa, does put that it prints money. Why game, wouldn't you do that? This game, instead of being at six is at seven and it's going on national TV. Yeah. Why don't they do that? It's ridiculous. If the Chuck is going back to Calgary, put that on national television. Yep. I'm with you. I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't, if Blake understand. Wheeler is coming to Winnipeg with the Rangers and it's on a Tuesday night, put it on national television. Yep. I'm with you on that. Uh, this one, more flexibility with the salary cap. We've talked about that a lot. Winnipeg never gets national. No, well, never. No, uh, don't be beholden to what's always been, which is a conversation. You know what? We can have that for free for all Friday. We'll talk that one a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, implement more advanced replay technology. I hate the replay. I want less of it. That's just my opinion. I know it's probably in the, I know I'm in the minority there, but I can't stand it how long it is and how it's always wrong or constantly wrong. And uh, 10, allow fresh voices to make their imprint on the on the game, not just recycle the same old GMs and coaches. I, I, I think Dubas made a lot of young mistakes uh, with the Leafs, but I think he's turned into a pretty dang good GM. I think he's going to do good in Pittsburgh, and we'll just ignore the, exas- the disaster that was uh, John Chaka when he was like 24 and took over the GM job at the Arizona Coyotes, which was ridiculous. Well, look at... Um Hackstall in Seattle came out of UND, went right to Philly. And I don't know any Flyers fans that even like the guy anymore, but yet he goes to Seattle with a worse roster mm-hmm. and does way better. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I think there's something to be said about that. Anyway, because there's a lot of guys that deserve a shot. They never get it. They'll just bring in some guy that's been on six different teams anyways. Jim Tell will take you all the that's way until 3 o'clock. Quickly, like the Rangers hiring Peter Laviolette. I like Peter Laviolette. Yeah. But what do you think you're getting out of him? You're getting the same the thing. The same thing that you've seen. Jim told the ticket till 3 o'clock. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Forge, for producing the show. That's it for me. I'll be back. Save that more, Sam. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.